Are the gods willing to prevent evil, but not able? Then they are not omen potent. Are they able, but not willing? Then they are malevolent. Are they both able and willing? Then whence cometh the evil? Are they neither able nor willing? Then why call them gods? episode friends what's up 100th episode martin uh well welcome back to another episode 100th episode of the dice bar game of podcast whoop, whoop. here's something different we're gonna do no recap because fuck recaps we're all brilliant anyway and we don't need to remember so we're gonna start off a little different tonight scene let's do a little bit of thunder oh yeah queer there is a lone figure standing in a dark ruin. It was a former place of worship, but still an impressive structure. You can imagine it standing several stories tall with a high steepled roof and a soaring framework. Now broken pillars lie scattered around the area like grave markers. Rain streams through parts of the mostly collapsed roof overtaken with vines and moss. Over the century, nature has reclaimed the stone structure, dragging it deeper and deeper into the earth. A storm can be heard off in the distance, ever growing louder. There is one individual around a table, a few candles illuminating this visage. Bobby, describe this visage. Six feet tall. About 32 in age, dark brown hair, shaved on the right side, combed over to the left, a little bit longer than shoulder length. Hazel eyes, brownish green skin, two tusks coming out from her bottom jaw. I'd say fit. I wouldn't say muscular, but fit. And pretty beautiful for a half-orc. She's wearing a breastplate with a two-handed greatsword sitting next to her, leaned up against the table. She's adorned with a couple of accoutrements, uh, but everything is pretty much brown or black in colors. She has one scar along her left cheek, but it's very light, like somebody was leaving her a I teach you a lesson scar. She has a very, I guess you call it RBF. Everybody knows what that means. Okay. As she's staring off in the distance, thinking about things that she needs to get done. Okay. What is her drink of choice? The drink of choice for her is actually called Schlag. It's a mix between Dwarven, Elven, and Mead. All three in one. 
It's like the sweetness of the Elven, the bitterness of the standard mead, and the hearty hops of the Dwarven. Okay. The only other person in the room, this vast ruined church, is person behind a, a makeshift bar, of all things. It seems like a table has been erected in a bar to host guests. Uh, the person behind the bar is a woman, small in stature, around five foot two, but slender, half-elven features. Shaved head, with the exception on each temple, she has a long lock of hair, blonde hair coming down. Tattoos running of a, a demonic visage of like what the abyss would look like in its turmoil, running from the sides of her scalp all the way to the back of her neck, disappearing in her collar line. She is not said a word to you, Madam Bobby, uh, Madam Bobby. but she's the one who served your, your schlag to you, you when you ordered it and handed it over. Gotcha. Uh, if you decided to eat, there was food as well, but otherwise she has remained quiet. I'll get some meats and bread. And for those that need a visual reference, this character is played by Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. From the WWE. Nice. Okay, so she is waiting patiently there for someone to show. And who's next to show? Wesley. You've been told to meet some people here, as the rest of you have. And you're showing up to this old ruined church out in the middle of nowhere. You see a couple dim lights on in the door. Cold from the rain. Been slogging through it all night. And you finally get here. The door bursts open. Bobby, what is your character's name? Divine. Divine? Looks over her left shoulder to see. Scribe, your character, Wes. Gonk is also a half-orc. But like most half-orcs, he's actually pretty ugly. He's got scars all over his body. Um, he is wearing a breastplate that has dents and cuts into it. It also has, you know, um, <clears throat> other other things that look like it's damaged, but it seems like it's, he doesn't care. Um, he also has a cat, a black cat with a symbol on its head with a circle with a star going through it with red glowing eyes as it just sits there and purrs where's the cat at on my shoulders on your shoulders okay it's like it's draped across my my broad shoulders almost like a a scarf yeah okay but it, it's just sitting there and it's moving it's moving its head around purring like i said it likes where it's at now for those who have listened to the podcast before he has a murder cat over his shoulders <laughs> which is like a large uh normal cat but black um other than that, my weapon that I have, other than two different rings on each of my hands, is a hammer that has literally got spikes coming out of it. And I mean, it's a big hammer. It's Earthbreaker. Earthbreaker. As I trod in, like, it's raining, it's cold. I don't feel it. Well, I've never been here before. Kitty. What is this place? Uh, yeah, 
This is the place. Are you sure? Oh, beautiful orc lady. Uh, um, orc drink, please. A uh, ton of meat. And veggies. Must have my veggies. I've not had my veggies in days. The woman behind the bar nods, preparing your order. Uh, Gonk goes up and sits next to Bobby's character. Hello! Sword length away, because she kind of lays it on the seat as you're coming, not to sit that close. Yeah, he sits a couple feet down, <laughs> a couple stools down. Hello, I am Gonk. This is my kitty, Hell. Hello, I am Divine. Ah, you are Divine. Yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. You are very beautiful. Yes, so you are the very divine. I'm conceited too. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, your character is roused by a boisterous voice above. We'll assume that the parties are are gathered, and I will head up the stairs. Okay, you're very austere sleeping arrangements. Just a wooden cot with some straw, but because you came in from such a long distance uh you've been sleeping for now most of the day you're exhausted just to get here on time uh it is night and the weather is oh so frightful like i described uh where they're sitting the rain is not pouring in on or anywhere else there are other you're getting rained on now as you come up this place is in disrepair you're not sure why somebody would pick a meeting place like this but it is out in the middle of nowhere and this church is of no god you've ever heard of at least symbols you've ever heard of from what you see is left of them you two divine and you introduce yourself as gonk yep Uh, a figure comes from the stairs to the north describe yourself there Derek. so six foot four human my handsome face has seen much better days (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> apparently, apparently, this half orc. She's she's giving me the the mating signals yeah. of the half orc. I will kill you, human, if you try to breed with me. <laughs> As they do. Um, so, I blush naturally. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Uh, so let's see. Thanks for breaking my chain of thought. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, breastplate, uh, faster, but it's it's been clawed out with a symbol of Volcrane carved into it. With Ooh, like much a, disrespect. Like with a rusty kind of knife kind of thing. Well, it probably wasn't rusty, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Oh, yes. It's not, it's not a level of artistry that anybody would consider anything other than amateur. <laughs> like I was saying... Used to be handsome face, but the years have not been cut. I've got a scar across the left side of my face that uh, seems to have taken my eye. It is is now milky and kind of blue in the middle. But it seems eerily to focus on things. Like somehow it still works. Spooky! Wait, 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 hold on. Sorry. So let's see, uh, blonde hair, red uh, cloak, 
draped across to my right arm, out the left side of it, sticks a sword that was probably not made for a human. It looks oversized, let's say. Cloud-based. <laughs> yeah, not quite that bad, but uh, definitely getting close to the realm of Buster Sword, if you will. It seems everything that is pertinent. Uh, actually, I forgot to say who Gonk is played by. Oh, yeah. Uh, WWE, Andre the Giant. He's WWF, sir. Oh, is he? He's not afraid to be sued. Yeah. 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 Fuck the world. He's part of the wildlife. World You're a zombie. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, man, you said some fucked up things. I know. But that was the worst. Yeah, that's Andrew the Giant. Yeah, man. Oh, oh it's Andrew the Giant? <laughs> it's Andre, Andre the, you, the Giant. <laughs> what do you wish to do? You uh, observe them. They've described themselves. Two half-orcs. Sounds like a joke. You walk into the bar. There is a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will walk to the bar. And, uh... One minute there's at you. Awaiting your order. She was not here. What was this whole setup here when you came in? Does it look like there's a lot of stuff that she could provide? Or, like, what is... She's just kind of there. Is it just... I, does it look There's a like... lot of bottles of unmarked... There's a lot of unmarked bottles behind her. Dwarven brandy. Nods. Gets out a drink. Crystal glass. Pours it in. Much it respect. I, uh... I'm going to go sit at a table away from these people. <laughs> and There are five placings at this table. Oh, so there's just the one table. Okay. Yeah. Gonk, you sat next to Divine? Yep. Yep. Boop. I guess I will take the one closest. I, I will sit across from Gonk. Oh. Hell, then. What is your name? I am Gonk. I'm Morgan. Gonk. Wonderful. You are? I'm divine. You would think so. Well, she's very divine. Exactly. Call them lightning. <laughs> I thought so. Yes. You're an insult. You're both insults. Well, it's gonk insult. Gonk has, has, has hell. I assume neither of you is in charge. And apparently neither of you, since you've sat down with the table at us. Good. At least there's that. Well, <laughs> Gunk is like swigging drink, eating his veggies, which is a, a big pile of veggies, by the way. Even though he's missing half a tusk on one side, on his left side, he's he just scarfing down food. So one thing Gunk didn't say, how tall are you? I am 7'2". Okay. So I'm the short one in the room. Wow, seven two. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> well, seven uh, eighteen big strength, giant. eighteen Bigger constitution. Yeah, well, I don't there. think so. Oh, whatever, think, it doesn't matter. But he was he was definitely close. He was a big guy. Uh, I think Andre the Giant was around he really does six look like eight. An <laughs> I think we're like waiting for one. One more, I believe. Gonk don't care. Gonk just want to murder. Who told you there'd be one more? There's usually a party. It's usually three to five. I don't see anybody that looks in charge, nor do I see any supportive people. Andre John 7-4. Wow. 
Wow. wow. I did not know he was that big. Damn. <laughs> I, I knew he was big. Before. I thought he was like uh, 6'8 or 6'9. Did you see a suit of armor that called itself Relic? Gonk no Relic very well. I have in the past, but not today. I see. Continue your conversation. He seems to be making love noises at you. Or was he eating? Can't be sure. I can't tell if he's speaking or choking. Mm. Gonk do both. Gonk eat. Gonk drink. Gonk speaks. Yes, Kitty, I know. But no, Gonk they're not making fun of me. Wonderful. He does have a nice pet. He has what would we refer to as a murder cat. I, there's a technical the term for Yazard. it. Uh, but it's a, yeah, the cats of Yazard. I give him that. This is just one more trial that Volcrane has seen fit for me to overcome. And overcome it I shall. If you guys choose to get in the way, I shall overcome you as well. As long as I get what I need done, I don't care what you do. Very well. Gonkalko also says, you do what you do. I murder. If you get in my way, I murder you. Look at the lady. Another slog, please. She nods. She looks towards the door. There's another figure in it. <laughs> Outlined by the lightning, you wouldn't have noticed Morris, describe yourself. He is tall, uh, a little over six feet. Damn, I'm the shortest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wearing a robe. There's the hood up at the moment. He'll uh, put the hood back, and you see a unruly shock of dark hair, tinged with a little bit of gray. He has a mostly gray beard with just little bits of color still in it. Hazel eyes. And he looks around the room in general and over at the table. I'll cast a glance at that statue and smirk a little bit and then toward the what we'll refer to as the barkeep. Say, she, uh, she's Pays you a respectful nod. Red wine. She was already pouring it. <laughs> Take that. Move over to the table. Sit in the chair across from Divine. Well. Here we all are. Are you the leader then? You can call me that for purposes of this meeting. Would you prefer I call you something else? I think for the moment, I'd prefer you said nothing. I like you already. Gone confused. Riddick said, uh, you guys need muscle. I'm the biggest muscle. Who the boss? The brain is the biggest muscle. 
technically the heart's biggest muscle, but yeah, moving on. In his body, you can yes. think of me as the boss, <laughs> and you will have quite a few opportunities to murder. Wait, you know about gunk and murder? I know a bit. I know your strengths. And I know that you're going to be very useful. Gonk like you already. Gonk like divine too. She beautiful. Very divine. He's not all that stupid. <laughs> I have a certain task that's been put to me. It's going to be arduous. It's going to test my strength and yours. But when it's completed, we will be a step closer to something that means a great deal to me. So, I can offer all of you purpose and such rewards as present themselves along the way and the opportunity to indulge, which I think might mean more to you. And in doing so, you will help to make a new world. Gonk will come. Gonk have one last job before he joins the main. This is the job. For Gonk. Gonk will follow your orders. There may be certain people along the way who need guidance along a new path. They must be made to struggle. I will know them when I see them. Should they not be those you need dead, I would wish them the life that they, through their actions or inactions, have earned. Beyond the ones we need, when we need them, you can dispense whatever justice or guidance suits you. Very well. You have my blade and my power. I'm here to do as I was asked. Nothing more, nothing less. If it is to help you do what you need, so be it. I will get what I want in the end. As will we all. Plink. Plink. Something heavy is coming. It's from downstairs. We're just down there. Well, it's not like I explored all the rooms. You cradled in his arms. Booned him. (laughs) Describe what's coming up the stairs into the room. Is a large suit of armor. 
full plate, spiked shoulder pads, helmet to look like a beast from some unknown realm. Large, dark gray cape with black lining with a sack over its shoulder, something inside, wriggling around. Ah, gonk say hello to Relic. It been a while, friend. The visor is up on it currently. And I say it because there is nothing inside the helmet. Nor is there anything between the spaces in its elbows or the knee pad behind the knees. You are looking at an empty suit of armor walking towards you. That's odd. I remember throwing away my lunch bag in there. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody needs a reference, Al from Full uh, Alchemist. Yeah. Full Metal. I don't know what that is, but that's cool. It's an anime. (laughs) His soul was attached to a suit of armor. Nothing in it. This armor. Oh, okay. This armor... If you give it a really squeaky voice, the internet will go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it drops the, the sack of whatever it is living on there and makes a yelp unceremoniously on the ground about five feet from the table and drops down heavily on the last seat. Welcome, my friend. It is good to see you all together. It is good to see you all together and getting along so well. Shuck it, Trebek. Shuck it. I'll take a rapist for 400. That's the therapist, John. (laughs) (laughs) It's looking at you. Or you think it's looking at you. Have you got to know each other? We have made each other's acquaintance. That's it. You will bleed together soon. All of you might not make it out. This might be the last four faces you see in your pathetic lives. If that is his will, then it will be done. Oh, yes. I see you met a zealot. How about the rest of you, Gronk? I'm not asking you. <laughs> <laughs> We've been introduced. Good. Have you spoken about why you're all doing this? For the why is the question you should be asking. You need to make immediate connections for this to work. I'll wait. Ah, my favorite. And he gets up and he goes to speak with the the waitress. Looks like he's having an animated tale with her. So what is the end? What are we going after? I don't think that's what he means. Were you perhaps awakened in a strange place with very few memories and pointed toward a task that you could not complete with some... Adorable animal there to guide you, protect you. And when it died, did your hope die with it? 
I had his oldest jeweler at as a friend. Till he died. Then I gave myself up to the tinnies? The toros? No. Um, the taros. Yes. Yes. So that is your tale as well? Same situation. Just not a rat. No. Uh, since motive on the... I guess a big rat, but... On the, <laughs> <laughs> on the wizard? Sure. What are you trying to send? I just kind of want to know if he's from a similar situation. Like, roleplay first. Let's see. I... have always known who I serve. I see. Very well. There is a powerful force that may be allied against us. There are always forces fighting against other forces. It is the way of things. Do you have relative information? Oh. I do, but what's important is that he won't act directly for the most part. He will set things in our way. So it is a puppet master then that we face? Very well described. And we may find ourselves cutting through some puppets to finish what we must. My blade is sharp enough to cut puppets. When are we to be at this task? The suit of armor, known as Relic, returned. Wow. Are we all friends now? We're like bosom buddies. Oh, I like bosoms. <laughs> as do I. What's your podcast? <laughs> are you ready for your task? You know Gonk always. Always ready. Gonk, you can assume I'm never talking to you. <laughs> he just mad. <laughs> I love this character already. Gonk do do nothing until we say Gonk smash. <laughs> you are to proceed with the ceremony. We are a go, so to speak. Hmm. Why have you given your name yet? He's looking at you, Morris. My name is Roush. Roush. I like it. Very well, Roush. Have you given specifics? Would you like me to continue? You may continue. By the way, anybody who would know magical items, this suit of armor is exquisite. I mean, it's got to be a plus five artifact that you're looking at talking and walking and doing its thing. It's an impressive suit of armor. I, I, I kind of glossed over that. I kind of glossed over how impressive it is because it was far away and it is adamantine. Oh, okay. And the links of it are mithril and woven within its seams and its creases are thaumaturgy unlike you never seen. Titanic, maybe, and this suit of armor has to be ancient made by the old gods and before them. I know how to get one of the good guys. Paint that armor white, 
put an image of Basher on it, put it in bed knobs for $5, and you're going to kill Strom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I continue to speak. You wish for me to uh, go over specifics? Yes. Very well. We are traveling to a far land. One we have no allies and notably dangerous. Our enemies have allies there. But we will be reviving your leader and the one who will lead you forward after this. If you prove to be useful and loyal, we may move forward. If not, the deal is off. Do you understand? I must hear you say it. I understand. Good. When do we begin? Gronk, it's still under advisement you not to say anything. <laughs> I assume you say yes. He nods. Food dripping out his nose. <laughs> Good. Then Roush, let us go. Take us to where we need to be and do your ceremony. And then we'll retrieve what we need to. The show happens to be close by. Hmm. Are you all ready? Chuck my slog. Now yes. that thunder is gone off. Absolutely. Maybe one more for a fact. Sure. Like right in the middle of the transportation. One last blood ale, please. The staff. The staff. I stand. Raise the staff. The staff is ornate, carved black wood. It has symbols on it you won't recognize, but it comes up into a head that is not quite a skull and not quite a demon, but something in between the two. Like a demon skull? Like a demon skull. <laughs> like Ghost Rider. That's fucking metal. Does it have tentacle porn mustache hanging When I bring it down, a deep red radiance seeps out of the black wood of the staff. And it fills the room. And then everything goes red for a second. My favorite color. It makes a ripping noise as a teleportation spell is activated, which have those who've been listening, teleportation is incredibly rare within the, the realm. This might be your in your first teleportation spell you guys are experiencing. And I'm um, far too cool to admit it. You, know, you pop. You were dropped in a cooler temperature than what you were in. Brisk. 60 degrees. Four two save, see if anybody hurls. <laughs> cool evening. Everybody has the the lurching stomach feel. 
I don't know. Somebody just gorged himself. <laughs> you want to make this? <laughs> if safe? one rolls, you all roll. You roll. Mm-hmm. Roll. I think roll. it's funny. All right. All right. Let's ah, all roll for not the suit of armor. He's good. <laughs> okay. That's a twenty-three. Okay. That's a thirteen. That's a twenty-two. Plus Eleven. Twenty-five. Twenty-four. All right. Nobody yeah, learned. Nobody hurls. <laughs> Except for the cat. <laughs> cat <laughs> <Furball. doesn't hurt. laughs> it spits a, fur, a furball at the wizard. Uh, There's no wizard. I don't know what he is. So I take a couple feet, steps away, and uh, kind of scan everyone. You know, make sure there's not a fireball heading for us. No, you are in a, a dark forest. An ancient wood. You can tell it's been around a long time. You feel the cool mountain crisp air, and you know where to go. Roush. Roush. I think you know where to go. You should feel it in your bones. Take a moment. Close my eyes. I feel the pull of it. You do. Roush. The master. He, he's handing you a box. With a, a glory hole in it. <laughs> Would you it's take a, in the box? It is a dark, dark pine wooden box. Looks like it's got a simple lid that you could open it if you needed to. But in the lid, there is Thank a... Thank God it's not child's safe. <laughs> uh, but in the center of the lid, there is a circular hole. And in the bottom of the box, there's a circular hole. Okay, it's your podcast. Mature How podcast. big is this hole? <laughs> I mean, not enough for your dick, but maybe like an average dick or bigger, but like would be okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, there's a hole in the box, like a, a round hole. Not even with you. It's all, there's a hole in the box. And he's handed it to him like and with all seriousness and like not understanding any sort of dirty joke implication because they're adults that are... Yeah, yes, that things. are very mature. Yes, the, the characters are mature and yes. not. It has been found. You know what to do with this. Take the box. And you do feel the pool more so when you take the box. The magic infusing through it. As he takes it, you'll, you see your sigil start lighting up on it. This way. And I lead on. Oh, I've got a familiar, by the way. Oh. Describe your familiar. Is it a bunny? It is They're an owl. Uh, paid the cool tax. I, I want see. you to get a sugar glider. <laughs> I'm not getting a sugar glider. The hell's a sugar glider? The little, like monkey-looking thing no, that it's... can glide. I don't yeah. know what the heck it's actually. It's a marsupial with big eyeballs. Finally. I'll be honest. In context, sugar glider sounds like something you'd look up in the Urban Dictionary. It does. <laughs> <laughs> So Urban Dictionary calls a sugar glider a fuzzy ninja squirrel. (laughs) Yeah. Roush. You lead him through these dark woods. Not far. Maybe a quarter of a mile. You have some time to talk if you guys wish, or just get there. Well, if they weren't such conversationalists, I might be persuaded. But they're so overwhelming. So no. I don't talk to them. I'd talk to you more if you won more Golden Oscars. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. You know it. (laughs) It was rigged. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't forget to pay your taxes. <laughs> I, I like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you make your way through the woods, the suit of armor just follows suit, but uh, for the most part offers no... It walks very clunky, like a suit of armor, almost like like scarecrow. But walks very scarecrowy. Like it takes away a lot of the intimidating <laughs> essence Bad of it. Enough that it sounds like a mix between Bane and John Connery. <laughs> no, it walks. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Your mother, <Bane>. Trebek. <laughs> I'm super cheery. No one knew me before I put on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> And you make your way till you come across a small cemetery. <clears throat> Let me describe it. I got a little little fluff piece here. You startle a crow as it fluffs its feathers and regards you with a beady eye before taking off and flying across the graveyard to land amongst its fellows on a bare branches of a tree. They're all looking at you. The cat hisses. Rays of moonlight bathed the headstones of the sprawling cemetery with bluish light. The only sound is of the crows calling in a distance, and blades of grass shifting in a gentle breeze. Here, one might believe that the departed rest in peace, regardless of the disquiets they experienced in life. Also can be heard in the distance is running water, in the far, far distance, lights of a town. You immediately know which grave to go to. Roush. Go to that grave, stand at the foot of it. And I look over at them and say, this one. And the suit of armor drops three shovels in front of you guys and looks at you. I hand them all three to Grog. Grog's got one in his mouth. (laughs) He's doing uh, like um, One Piece. uh, I forgot the guy's name. Zoro. Yeah, Zoro. He's down there like Zoro. We'll shovel each hand and mouth. (laughs) Exactly. Step on the head of the shovel, put my foot under it, lift it up, get to digging. Okay. I'll dig. All right, the three of you dig until you get to, wow, five or six feet down, a coffin. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? With a hole in it. (laughs) With a box-shaped hole with a piece of dead wood stamp. A coffin. It doesn't look like it's been here long. Roush. They have dug it up. No. What? No. Ouch. Open the coffin. All right. Hmm. Inside is a person wrapped in the simple garb of somebody who would be buried with one of the major gods, Vasher, Sephirian, whatnot. Nothing is remarkable about how they're garbed, but totally encased in gauze. Uh, A few different things have been laid in. There's some rotten flowers and different other things. But as promised, right on its chest is an item. A buck bone hunting knife resting on its chest. 
step down to it. Take up the buckbone knife. How easy is it to just unwrap some of the gauze? Just set it aside. Well, you got a knife now. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the suit of armor relic takes the... He's had that sack over his shoulder, by the way, the whole time. It's kicking and... and he's half he, in there? And he drops it. He drops it down next to the, the dug-up grave. Remain still. Any interference will lead to your death. Is he talking to us? Or is he talking to the he sack? He just talked. Okay. I move aside some of the gauze. I'm guessing this body doesn't have skin. Mm, no, skin. Oh, okay. Where are you removing the gauze at? What are you checking? The chest. Out? The chest, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a man. Maybe a boy. I cut out the heart. Starts digging in. Yeah. Describe the whole, the ceremony and how you see it. How's it going? What are you incantating? What are you doing? I'm muttering, not exactly a prayer, but an acknowledgement of each of the tarot's in turn. As I cut in a circular motion with the knife, and each time. I make that circuit, I come up and I flick a little of the viscera off to one side or the other, the four cardinal points, and then go back to cutting until I manage to excavate my way to the heart itself. I set the knife down for a minute. It looks black and like it's been burnt from the inside. I hold the knife high. I speak aloud the acknowledgement of the tarot's in turn. Again. I set the knife down just below the opening and reach in and pull the heart free. And it comes free. I take the heart and the bone knife and come back up out of the grave. I set the box down. I, with the bone knife, describe a long circle around the box, like a good five foot radius. I look over at the, uh, at Relic. And nods. And nod and look down at the circle. Nods again. And once the circle is done, I open the box. It's plain pine box, by all appearances. But, start
I set the blackened heart into the box. This starts sizzling. That thing in the bag begins to struggle even more. I'm looking at each one of my companions. Eeny, meeny, me. No. <laughs> Which one? Wait, wait, wait. You're looking at people and gonks like he's he's chasing after a mob at the moment. You're picking your nose and eating. He's boogers. like, choose me, choose me. <laughs> the um, darkness around this glade cemetery has becoming ever more encompassing and encompassing as this is happening. Like the lights have wicked out of the town. The far off distance for those you can see in the dark. I'm actually getting a uh, divine's getting in a defensive stance. Okay. Hand on weapon. Doesn't feel right. No. We does not. are walking toward a better world. The world that was. He takes the bone knife and the world that will be again and slowly pushes it right into the chest. Like into your own chest? Yes. Blood starts seeping out immediately, but magic keeps him going. It's like spirits are arising out from the graveyard and keeping him upright, moving, guiding his hand as it's he's doing the same circle motion as he did with the other heart. And the same thing, as I do the circle, I'm bringing the knife out and flicking it to each of the four points. As Roush I've cuts out this is his own heart. <laughs> He's taking the power of whatever was buried here. Or reach in. Reaches through the box. Ooh. Pull that heart out. And I set my heart down inside the box as well. Like Indiana Jones, he's still alive. Still there. Kalima Shatide! Put the little plug of sternum back in. <laughs> Just kind of seal that back in there. Right. Okay. And now. I'm not an expert on such things, but it seems he's trying to become a lich. Or something similar. You're gonna pull out what's in the bag. Bring the third of three. He pulls out a celestial animal, much like each one of you all had a lynx. But there's no mistaking what you're looking at. You're looking at a reborn's celestial animal. So to give it to you, like, I want to give you guys the weight of this moment as he's pulling us out, because this is a defining moment for each of these characters. Pulling out bacon. Your compass, your divine guardian through this thing that you've been doing. He's pulling out the equivalent of that for somebody else. And it's intelligent, you can tell. It knows what's probably going to happen and you can just feel the divine energy pouring off of it and it's during this time as you guys are looking around because you're all looking at me a little uncertain <laughs> uh, some of you are 
that relic is taking this moment and looking at each and every one of you. That suit of armor is looking at each and every one of you. Hand is on its blade. Proceed, Roush. Take hold of the... It looks at you once. Snilling little creature. After the... It could see that the... It's... Flailings about like it, it was very animalistic when you take hold by its scruff, almost like you pick mm-hmm. up a puppy. Yeah. If I take like it takes a moment to like, and it looks deep at you like, motherfucker. Knowing exactly what's about to happen and is gonna see it with dignity. This world will be returned to the rightful. And I cut its heart out. In the same ritual. As you guys watch this, it's cutting out almost what's left of parts of you. What was little remaining that you lost before? And as I cut the heart out, I, uh, when I finish the cut of the chest, I have to switch hands because I'm still holding the knife with my right hand mm. so I grab the scruff with that hand so I can reach you with my free hand and pull the heart out <laughs> and once I have the heart I just cast the carcass aside when you pull the heart away it's almost like you're throwing the carcass of just any animal that you would mm-hmm. as sad as that may be but what you're holding in your hand is pure good pure energy of the celestial beings you're holding an actual angel's heart in your hands right now. You see my lips kind of curl up a it little burns. bit. Yeah, it burns. Yeah, I'm assuming it would burn. Like, and I set it in the box as well and close the lid. Almost like he's containing Pandora's box. All the energy was coiling in it. It stops. Now he gets quiet again. Pull out a spike from the end of the staff. You can actually grab that and pull the spike out of the bottom. Okay. Like it's been built in for this exact the purpose. The best thing I can describe it, it looks like a railroad, like a cold iron railroad tie. Alright. And I take it, place my hand over it, place it over the hole, recite through the tarot's one more time, and shove it down in there. The box activates with power immediately. Blood spews from Roush's mouth. (laughs) And you die. And he falls back dead. Into the... Dead. As the box is suspended in the air where he was holding it, and he drove the the spike into it. As it... It starts vibrating with power through this woods and as a powerful aura of magic suffuses the whole cemetery all the crows they all fly off in in fright and stirring within the grave and you see relic jump forward and walk and fall into the grave 
And the grave starts vibrating violently. Fissures in the earth erupt from the open grave. Makes you guys all step back with the amount of power of magical might. Till finally, the cemetery goes quiet. And a gondoled hand on one side of the, the open grave, and then the other. A suit of armor that was once relic is now occupied by the being that was within the grave. Do you remember when I described once he put his face in the shield? It looked like. Uh-huh. I remember it just being black. I don't. A black skull of like from like yeah. black obsidian is what you see with the visor up as it rises out. Ooh. It rises up, takes regard of the bone knife, puts it in its belt, and... Rise. Rosh. Be what you desired to be. And you see Roush, his eyes open, and they've gone from the piercing hazel they were before, and they're now black. And he growls a little bit as he pulls himself a little awkwardly at first to his feet. Be rewarded. And he smiles very, very widely. And you can see the unmistakably long fangs on top and bottom. Hmm. Good. Now, we retrieve our treasure, my compatriot. It lies there. It points at the town that's nearby. In the city of Hearthgrave. See you next time. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. That's pretty good.